I just don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Hello, welcome to True Crimes and Storytimes. I'm Michelle. And I'm Kirsten. And today we're doing our true crime episode of the week. Yes. And this is basically where I read Kirsten a true crime story that I don't think she's ever heard of. Or nope. She doesn't look up any details before or anything. Nope. I so. have no idea what we're talking about today. Alright, so we are talking about the case of Amanda Brinker. And since we are from Indiana, I wanted to do a story from Indiana to start off the podcast with. So, I, don't, I don't think I know who that is, so I don't think I've heard this before. Well, she is from Anderson, mm-hmm. Indiana, and she was 14 years old. Interesting. Yep. She went to Anderson High School. I think she was like, I'm trying to think, if you're 14, would you be like a freshman, like sophomore? I think you'd be a freshman. Yeah, me too. Like on the... Yeah. I think when I was a sophomore, I turned 16. Yeah, so she would be like at the beginning of her freshman year yeah. then probably. Mm-hmm. Depending on when she turns 15, I guess. Yeah. So she went to Anderson High School and she was known to love animals and to be like a really big sweetheart. She was never a troublemaker and she did have one brother and one sister. And also, I didn't really find a lot of info on this case just because, or information about her, because she was a minor at the time. I Mm -hmm. don't think there's really a lot released about her. Mm -hmm. Her mom does have a blog that she was posting onto. I haven't seen any, like, recent posts or anything. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's been a post since, like, 2008. When did this happen? 2007. 2007. Yeah. So, it's a more recent one, and I just wanted to bring light to this case because I feel like... There wasn't really, like, a whole lot of media on it. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Also, um, when I looked up Jesse, like, there really wasn't a lot of background on him besides his criminal record. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Jesse and Amanda were friends. Gotcha. Okay. So, basically, Jesse's juvenile record showed that he was arrested, like, 15 times. Dang. Yeah. Um... You would think he would have just been held somewhere, but I guess, I don't know. You would have think he would have been tried as an adult at some point. Yeah, if you were arrested that many times, obviously something's going on. Right. And you're a minor, like, something's going on. Right. So, in June 2003, he was adjudicated as a delinquent. So, that would classify, basically what he did was classify as a Class A misdemeanor. Interesting. Um, It didn't say the exact thing that he did for that one. So, it just said it would classify as a Class A misdemeanor. So, he had, a, even though he was under the age of 18, mm-hmm. he was, was... He was just, like, basically got in trouble as a delinquent. As an adult. He wasn't, like, arrested. It didn't really say, like, whether he went to, um, uh, like, okay. a juvenile facility or not. It didn't really mm-hmm. say that. It just said that, basically, he got in trouble. Gotcha. Um, in October 2003, he was adjudicated 
as a delinquent for what would have been auto theft, which is a class D felony, mm-hmm. and resisting law enforcement, which is also a class D felony for an adult. Mm. This kid obviously had some issues. Yeah. Yeah. Like, auto theft takes balls. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm always afraid I'm going to get into, like, the wrong person's car. <laughs> at, like, if I'm at the store and I see a car that looks like mine, I always have to double check that it's my car because I don't, I don't want to get in trouble for that. Right. Well, I mean, you also drive, like, a super popular car that a lot of people yeah. have, so I don't really have that problem as much. Yeah. Your car is pretty, pretty easy to identify. Spot out in the parking lot? Yeah. yeah. For sure. And then in July 2004, he was adjudicated. Bro, that word is hard. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I should not have put this in there. (laughs) It's okay. Adjudicated a delinquent for what would have been criminal mischief, which is also a class D felony for an adult. Criminal mischief. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Mischief. Mm, Yeah. Just like being bad. Mm -hmm. Bad, bad boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyways. So, sorry if you heard me move in my chair. Um, so basically, he hung around with younger kids and sold, like, a lot of drugs to them. So mm-hmm. I feel like he was kind of, like, grooming them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So He was like, buy my drugs. Yeah, and he's also 20, so they're probably like, ooh, it's so cool hanging out with a 20-year-old. But, like, when you're, like, 15, 16, like, I'm sorry, but when I was 15 or 16, I thought that was creepy as hell, but... Yeah, I feel like when I was 15, 16 years old, I was still hanging out with people that were, like, 13, 14 years old. Right, like, I was childish, like... Yeah. If a 20-year-old would have came up to me and been like, hey, you want to buy my drugs? I would have been like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Like, no no thanks. Yeah, seriously. Go talk to somebody else. Goodbye. (laughs) So, on September 19th, 2007, Jesse called Amanda to ask about meeting at the park the next morning before school. Now, she was 14 at this time? Yeah. Amanda was 14 and Jesse was 20 at the time. So, Amanda's neighbor had also attended Anderson High School with her, obviously. Because, I mean, they lived next to each other, so they were around the same age. But also, I didn't put other people's names unless they were directly related with the case. Like, I mean, this person is directly related with the case, but I don't want to mention their name because I feel like that's not very fair. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You don't want to put their, their info out there. Yeah, like, if you guys want to know their info, you can look up whatever you want to figure out the names, but yeah, I just felt like it wasn't really fair, so. Mm-hmm. So, basically, he came to know Jesse as an employee, because he was, uh, he worked at Speedway, so he, the neighbor introduced Jesse and Amanda, so. Gotcha. Um... So the neighbor basically said Jesse called Amanda about meeting in the park the next morning and that Amanda had called him about 6.30, but he didn't answer and he just went to school. So he was like, bye. Yeah. Didn't didn't wait for her. No. So I, I assume that after she called him and he didn't answer, she called Jesse, it says, between 6 and 6.30 the next morning. So I feel like maybe she called the neighbor and was like, oh, I guess he didn't answer, so. I guess mm-hmm. I'll just call Jesse or something like that. Or maybe she wanted to call him to hang out with them or... Right. And to think that, like, she may have called him to hang out with them is, like... And I'm not putting blame on anyone. Like, maybe if he was there... Right. He could have prevented what happened, but... Mm-hmm. There's always that, like, what if... Yeah, for sure. So, Jesse um, contacted his friend and roommate to borrow her car so he could pick Amanda up from the bus stop. I'm not going to mention her name either. So, Jesse left to pick up Amanda around 6.40 to 6.45. That's when he left and picked her up. 
and it was also later confirmed by several students at the bus stop that he did pick her up from the bus stop. Um, they went to Edgewater Park in Anderson, mm-hmm. and what happened was they were just walking along the trail, smoking weed, and like just having a good time or whatever, and all of a sudden, he struck Amanda in the back of the head with a jack handle he had brought with him for quote-unquote protection. What is a jack handle? You know, like a jack, oh, like you like use with a car. car? Oh, yeah, you gotcha. can take that handle like off. A, just like a metal rod? Yeah, it's basically gotcha. like essentially a metal rod, but you can take it off. Yeah. So he brought that with him for protection because he said too. he had been robbed there before or like hurt there before. Interesting. Yeah. So whatever. I. Okay. So, so he hit her. He hit, he her, hit her in the back, the back of, of the head. head. Yeah. Gotcha. And then... Unfortunately, he threw Amanda's body down an embankment next to the White River. Yikes. Yeah, so. Well, this took a a quick turn. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Went from buddy-buddy to not-so-buddy-buddy. Not-so-buddy-buddy. Yep. So, Jesse returned home to his girlfriend about an hour and a half after he left, and um, according to his girlfriend, I am going to mention her name because she has to do with the case, Barbara, uh, he seemed pretty upset, and he wouldn't talk to her, so... She was trying to basically pry, and he's like, leave me alone, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So, eventually, he had mentioned something, like, he said something about being jumped, and that Amanda was at the park, and they had to go out there to, quote-unquote, see about her. Interesting. So, he's, like, he basically making her think that he left Amanda. Yeah. He's basically saying... In the middle of getting jumped. mm -hmm. He's basically saying he left Amanda while they were getting jumped. When he's 20, she's 14. And he just peaced out. And there's two of them. Yeah. So, like, two against one. Interesting. Yeah. It's not a very good story. No, not really, but whatever, bro. So, then after he told her that they left the house and arrived to the park and found Amanda in the water, like, close to the water by the embankment. Mm-hmm. I think she was, like, kind of in the water, but, like, kind of not. Mm-hmm. Like, she rolled down the embankment and, like, ended up kind of in both. Right. Like, on um, the edge of the water. Yeah. And then, so, Jesse and Barbara just left her there and went to the gas station that he worked at. What the heck? To buy, like, a grape cigarillo or something like that. What the heck? Yeah. Wrong they were just like... If I was that girl, I'd be like, um, what the hell? Yeah, literally. Um, so, we're just gonna find this body and not say anything? Right. Okay. Um, and then they went home. And Barbara was like, hey, oh, like, you need to call the police. Uh, yeah. After they went home. Like, after the fact. They had to think about it for a while. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, here's this body, let's call 911. Mm-hmm. No, here's this body, but let's go to the gas station first. Right. And also, I do want to mention that I did find a comment on one of the uh, sources that I have, and I it will be linking all the sources in the show notes. Um, let me see. One of the comments, I'm not going to mention who commented on it, but... It says, not to be an asshole, but possible what-if scenarios that crossed my mind was, what if Jesse and Amanda were walking in the park and Jesse's girlfriend, Barbara, seen them together and in a jealous rage, ran up and struck Amanda with a weapon. She lied several times to police and the stories kept changing from both Jesse and Barbara. Just a thought. Oh, interesting. And this is all, like... So that could have been what actually happened. Yeah, this is all alleged, by the way. I'm not saying that that actually happened, so... So we don't really know what's the truth, hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. We don't. We're just taking. We're just taking Jesse and Barbara's basically yeah. word for it. 
So, like I said, they went home and Barbara's like, bro, call the police. Like, what are you doing? And then at 8.18 a.m., Jesse calls the police and tells him, or tells them, him and Barbara were walking in the park when they spotted a girl in the water, which Jesse identifies as Amanda. And I am going to read the dispatch transcript because I thought it was like, okay, like, I don't know. I just felt like he was being sus in general. Yeah, for sure. So this is police dispatcher, Anderson 911, what is your emergency? And Jesse says, yeah, me and my girlfriend were walking in 10th Street Park this morning, like just a little bit ago, had enough time to get home. Um, on the right hand side, there was a girl laying in the river face down. Dispatcher, can you tell me where this is again? Jesse, 10th Street Park, I went down and checked on her. I looked at her, it's a girl I know, her name is Amanda. I don't know her last name. I went down, looked at her, and she was already face down. She wasn't breathing. There wasn't any pulse or anything. So I told my girl, just bring me back and I'll call the police. Dispatcher. Is she female? White? Jesse. Yes, she's female. White. Dispatcher. And you said her first name is Amanda? Jesse. Amanda, yes. I knew her through a couple of my other friends. Dispatcher. What's your name? Jesse. Jesse Pitts. Dispatcher. Okay. And you're not there anymore, right? Jesse. No, I went home. So basically they say thank you, goodbye, all that. And the dispatcher had to call Jesse back because they needed more detailed directions to find the body because it was just like off the trail. So basically they call Jesse back and he says hello and the dispatcher says, Hi Jesse, when you go into the park, where is it? When you drive into the parking lot, where is she? Jesse said, Okay, let me gather my mind here real quick. When you pull into the park, you know how it's got that little split way where you either go left or right, go left, and it's on the right-hand side. There will be a big tree, like a little bit like a shrub in the front of it. It's probably like six foot tall. And the dispatcher says, okay, hold on a second. You go into the park, and where the drive splits, you go left. He basically just tells him how to go there, and dispatcher asks him how far on the trails, and he says, um, not very, um, I don't want to say any more than I can. There's just a and then there's like unintelligible speech. Her beat up, I believe. And the dispatcher is just asking him and Jesse basically tells him where to go again. And so when the police arrived to the park, they unfortunately found Amanda's body lying face down in the river, shallow water, no more than six to eight inches deep. So like, obviously her face was in the water, I assume. Right. So like, did she drown? Listen up and we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> so basically the back of amanda's head was bloody oh trigger warning people sorry yeah the back of her head was bloody and a deep laceration was visible um and it also said that amanda's belt was loose to the point where it looked like between two belt loops you just grab it almost like a duffel bag hand or something like somebody picked her up by her belt loops basically and oh, carried her gotcha and this girl's 14 so when She's I was 14, I probably weighed, like, what, 95 pounds? Right. So. And then the police discovered a large amount of blood in the grass, like, kind of by, like, in an area, like, by the embankment, I mm -hmm. believe. But, like, um, not where she was laying at. Yeah. So, it was determined that Amanda was attacked there in the grass and moved to the river. So, obviously, somebody picked her up by her belt loops and moved her to the river. Right away from where mm -hmm. the events happened um they also found amanda's purse and high school id in a trash can near the scene 
So somebody was trying to cover something up. Yeah, like, if she were to just fall in an embankment and somebody jumped her in the middle of a park, in the middle of the morning, like, would you really think to throw that away in the trash can? Yeah. No, I don't think so. So her body obviously wasn't visible from the asphalt walkway because dispatch obviously couldn't, like, the police officers couldn't find it. They had to call Jesse back. So she suffered multiple deep lacerations and blunt force injuries to the back of her head. Hmm. So, you know, that shit hurt. Yeah. A skull fracture, bleeding inside the brain, and some swelling of the brain. Yikes. So she had to, he had to hit her pretty, pretty hard. Yeah. She suffered seven or eight blows to the back of the head. So he really went in. That's personal. Yeah. Like, what do you do to somebody to make them want to do that to you? Like, not that Amanda did something in general, but like, obviously his brain, in his mind, she did something to him. Yeah, this was a personal attack. Yeah, like, and to be that close with a, with a weapon like that, like. Like, how do you go from being friends with somebody to wanting to kill them? Also, like, how do you swing that jack handle that many times, bro? That thing is kind of heavy. Heavy, yeah. So, they said there's actually possibly more due to the overlapping. It's like being hit in the same spot more than Mm -hmm. once. You can't really tell. So, Dr. Mellon, the forensic pathologist, determined that the cause of death to be multiple blunt force injuries to the back of the head. And he also added the possibility of water contributing to Amanda's death. And so basically, since her face was in the water, like... She could have She could have drowned. But she couldn't move or anything. Yeah. Because she was... Her she brain was probably was unconscious. Yeah. And she was... I assume she was in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, ha- she had to have been unconscious. Mm-hmm. If you hit, get hit that many times in the back of the head. Yeah, seriously. If she wasn't dead, she was un- at least unconscious. Mm-hmm. For sure. Maybe drowned. Uh, this is a quote. The severity of this is horrendous, Detective Terry Sollers told NewslinkIndiana.com Friday. It places a major burden on all of the police involved in this to want to be able to solve this quickly. We don't want someone out there walking around the streets who has killed a 14-year-old girl in such a horrible fashion. Yeah. Which, I agree. Very I mean, sad. It is super sad. Like, she had so much more life to live. Yeah, she was 14. Mm-hmm. I'm only 22, and I feel like, Jesus. Yeah, man. So, obviously, police were having suspicions of Jesse, uh, knowing more that he was leading on due to, like, the body not being, like, in clear view from the yeah. walkway. You know, he said that him and his girlfriend were just walking, and they just spotted her from the walkway. Like, mm-hmm. That's very sus. Yeah. Um, Anderson Police Department Detective Joel Sandifer went to Judge John Shanks and asked him to authorize a search warrant for Pitt's apartment. Sandifer told Shanks that investigators were suspicious of Pitt's because the body was not in a location where it could easily be found. Yeah. That's understandable. Mm-hmm. And... This is a quote. The body was not in clear view, Sandifer told Shanks at a probable cause hearing Thursday. It was hidden. Mm-hmm. So, like, I remember he said something about there was, like, a shrub by the tree and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. So she was, like, behind the shrub? Yeah. By the water. Mm-hmm. That's where you messed up there, bud. Right. <laughs> Upon hearing the details of the investigation, Shanks granted the Anderson Police Department permission to search Pitt's apartment Located on the 1600 block of Southwood Road. I wonder if they're going to find anything. I don't know. 
During the search of the property, police discovered a trash bag with a bloody stained green t-shirt that was later DNA matched to to Indiana. (laughs) To Indiana. To Amanda. Amanda. (laughs) They also... Sorry. I was going to say, he didn't cover this up very well. No, he like, really was not trying to trying to cover it. First of all, why would you go back after you just killed somebody? After you've hidden the body. You've got your bloody clothes in your apartment. Right. Why wouldn't you, like, at least get rid of it? This guy just, he, something was going on with well, him. Well, also that makes me question Barbara's story because she said that he came home and she didn't know what was wrong. But if he came home and came in the door and, and he, he had a bloody, bloody t-shirt, like. Yeah. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> Red flag. I wish I had one. I'd be waving it. <laughs> so they also searched his 1993 Chevy Cavalier. Nice. Funny. They found, not this case is funny, but that's just. <laughs> found the jack handle that was used to bludgeon amanda to death on the floorboard so he throws the jack handle in his car and throws the bloody clothes in a trash bag in his apartment and just leaves it and it wasn't even his car i don't think it was his uh roommate's car remember oh yeah so this guy was no he's not smart he was not which is fine because i want him to get obviously i would want him to get caught anyways like i wonder if he just like had a mental break and, like, killed her and then started freaking out. Like, what did I just do? I did see on, um, one of my sources said that, like, they wrote an article. And basically they said one of their sources said Jesse had told them that he killed Amanda because, um, she wouldn't have sex with him. And that's all alleged. I don't know if that's actually true. Obviously, that's just a comment on, mm-hmm. like, a story. So, I don't want to say that's true, but let's just continue. We may never know. Yeah. So, there were hairs or fibers attached and embedded into the handle. DNA did match to Amanda, and they also found Jesse's DNA on the handle and a possible third contributor. So, whoever's jack handle that was. Probably. Well, if he got it out of his roommate's car, maybe it was his roommate's. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse was interviewed for about seven to nine hours. And his girlfriend, at the time, was also interviewed for several hours. Um, she couldn't come up with how they found Amanda's body either, so. So, she's hiding something. Yeah, and she could have been charged, basically, for not being fully cooperative Mm -hmm. with the investigators and police. Motherfucker. That's on cue. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, guys. So, basically, he tried to tell multiple stories at first. Um, at first, Jesse said that Amanda called him that morning and asked if he had anything to smoke after school, but Jesse informed Amanda that he had to work. Jesse said that he and Howard, Howard, oh, that's Barbara, my bad, I put her last name in there, Uh, Jesse said that him and Barbara went to the park to walk, and that he usually stopped by the riverbank to check out snakes, ducks, and geese. Mm. He said that he noticed a body lying face down in the water, picked it up, and recognized the body as Amanda. First of all, if you find a dead body in the water, why are you going to pick it up? Why are you even touching it? That don't make sense. Well, that, and like, that's gross. Why would you want your DNA? Right. On somebody's dead body if they got murdered. Obviously, you could tell that she was hit with something in the back of the head if she's facing face down in the water. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Dummy. Don't make sense. None of this makes sense. No, not at all. So, Jesse, oh, I said that already. And so we move on to his second story. Mm Mm-hmm. Saying he met Amanda at the bus stop, gave her a joint, and left. And that was it. But several students had confirmed that he picked her up from the bus stop. So, so that's already struck out. That is determined a lie. A lie. Yeah. 
So then his third story, he said he picked Amanda up and went to the park because Amanda wanted to smoke a joint. He said he left after someone shoved him and placed Amanda in a headlock and said the man had Amanda in a headlock, dropped her, and took off towards the bike trail. He said he picked Amanda up, laid her back down, and went back to his house. What? Excuse me? So, if if she's unconscious, he he picks her up just to check on her and puts her back and is like, okay, I'm out. Yeah. Bye. Well, you look all right, but you're unconscious, so I'm going to just lay you back down. You're fine. And also, Rubs where do you, where do you lay her down at? Because she was found by, like, an embankment. Yeah. Good try, though, bro. Good try. Like, literally, in my notes, I wrote, like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah. His fourth story. Jesse said that the stranger did nothing. Then Amanda turned around to elbow Jesse in the face. Jesse took her leg out from underneath her, like some ninja move, and that she hit the ground. He claimed he didn't hit her with anything. When he swept her leg out from underneath her, he said he didn't stick around to check her. After he did legs did the leg sweep, he said Amanda was bleeding, and he picked her up and put her on the other side of the walk. He said he tried to pick a Amanda. Amanda. Yep. <laughs> pick up Amanda by her belt, and it felt like something snapped or gave way. Deputy prosecutor told Jesse there was no way that the injuries, and the injuries didn't match up with his little leg sweep theory. Which, I love how he said that little leg sweep theory. That's a whole a whole different story. First of all. No, I say that way too much. First of all. First of all. <laughs> but, like, dude, are just, you a ninja or what? Like, man. I'm sorry, but just, I would start cramping up if I tried to do some type of leg sweep. Man, he, like, mm, this just don't make sense. All right, here's his fifth story. This is his final story saying what happens. So, he said he found a metal pipe on the bike trail and he was picking it up and swinging it. Quote, I was just swinging it around and I turned around and looked at the bike trail because I thought someone was following me. When I turned back around, I swung and it hit the back of her head and she dropped. He then confessed he didn't perform the leg sweep maneuver. He said the pipe was a handle to a jack that was found in the backseat of his car. He claimed that he took the jack with him because he had been attacked in the park in the past. Quote, I turned around and I didn't know she'd stopped. She stopped walking. He said he struck Amanda. She hit the ground. He picked her up and put her on the side of the walkway. Her belt was loose to the point where it looked like between two belt loops, you could just grab it almost like a duffel bag handle or something. He asked if he was, so basically, he was asked if he was capable of murder, and he said, no, I'm not. Well, apparently you are, buddy. And then, like I said, on that source I found, um, somebody had said something about Jesse killed Amanda because she wouldn't have sex with him, and I don't know if that's true. Mm -hmm. That's all alleged, but yeah. Well, okay, so at the beginning of this fifth story, he said he found the metal pipe on a bike trail, and then halfway through he changes it and says... The pipe was a handle to a jack that he found in the backseat of his car. So did he find the metal pipe in the in the trail, or did he find the metal pipe in the car? Right. Like, why are you changing your story so much? Halfway through. Like, it don't make sense. And why do you have five different stories? Yeah. He's just trying to, like, come up with something, obviously. Yeah. He's obviously guilty of something. Right. So, Anderson Police Officer Randy Doss testified Thursday using a large map provided by the prosecution. Doss recounted the events leading to the discovery of Brinker's body. He said the body was not visible from the paved asphalt path running through the park, and in fact, 
that drew suspicion of police towards Jesse, who made the initial 911 call. So, basically, what they've been saying this whole time, she was not seen from the asphalt walkway. He had to have already known that she was there. Yeah, like, if you... called 911. If you didn't know she was there, like, you wouldn't have seen her. Right. So, then he goes on to say, quote, I had to walk out entirely to the edge of the river, and it was approximately a two or two and a half foot drop-off where you could see it. I looked out and I could see the body of the victim. She was lying face down in pretty shallow water, probably six to eight inches deep. So he had to really walk out there to find her body. Yeah, it was like a two, two and a half foot drop. So mm-hmm. he basically just dropped her there. Yikes. Yeah. So the defense attorney, Jason Childers, made multiple references to a bicycle found in the park, but not included in the crime scene. So this is like Jesse's attorney. Mm-hmm. When Madison County Chief Deputy Coroner Marion, I don't know how to say her last name, I'm so sorry. Dunnishay? Dunnishay? That sounds right. Okay. Dunnishay? I'm sorry if I butchered that. She took the stand and she called the crime scene appropriate. Quote, the body was moved. I can't say if it was dragged. Uh, She said, noting that Brinker's belt had been loosened on the backside between belt loops. Quote, there was a crime scene where there was blood splatter and the body was moved to another area. Childers also questioned Dunashay as to the possibility of someone crossing police lines and entering the crime scene, to which she responded the officers were posted at two entrances to the park to prevent unauthorized access. APD officer Doss previously testified that he had kept a log of everyone who entered the crime scene during his shift. So, it sounded like they had the, the crime scene on lock. Mm-hmm. So they knew if anybody was yeah. coming in or out and who was going to mess with it. Exactly. Um, so... We're back to the forensic pathologist, Dr. Mellon, tied injuries that led to Amanda's Brinker, Amanda Brinker's death to what police believe is the murder weapon. He did display photographs from the autopsy of Brinker that drew gasps and sobs from members of the audience and caused some to leave the courtroom. Yikes. So, obviously, it was bad. Yeah. It I wasn't mean, just, like, she fell. Yeah. Like, or she got bopped on the head. Right. I think she got bopped on the head. Yeah. Like... It wasn't just like, oh, I'm just swinging around this metal pipe and I happened to hit her in the back of the head. Yeah, no, like, this was, I want to murder you. Right. So a close-up photograph of Brinker's face revealed an injury to the left side while photos taken of the shaved back of her head revealed multiple lacerations. He also said the injuries were consistent with a relatively straight, heavy object like a rod, such as a jack handle, police believed to be the murder weapon. He said that Amanda sustained a skull fracture, Skull fracture? Skull fracture? fracture to the back of her head, <laughs> bleeding of the brain, and swelling of the brain. So, uh, the defense attorney asked whether such injuries were deadly in the absence of water, and he said, Dr. Mellon said, quote, I'm not sure that these injuries alone, had she not been in the water, would have been sufficient to kill her. The brain swells over time. There may have been reversible treatment. Nothing here stuck, struck me as an injury that was unsurvivable. So, if she hadn't landed in the water, she might have survived. Mm -hmm. So, there was a rape kit done on Amanda, and there was no evidence of sexual assault. Well, that's good. Yeah. A forensic... Forensic? I can't talk to... Oh, my goodness. Forensic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A forensic serologist did a vaginal swab, oral swab, and a swab of Amanda's pants, because there must have been something on her pants. Otherwise, why would they have done that? Mm -hmm. So, it did indicate... A possible presence of seminal material. So, 
something happened. Yeah. So, I don't know if she was, like, obviously with someone else at some point in time. I think that can last up, like, seminal material can last in the vagina mm-hmm. for five days. Yeah. So, it could have been anywhere from, like, and don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that it's, like, five days. I'm sure. I don't so, know. So, like, it could have been anywhere between that time else. frame and... Or yeah. it could have been consensual. True. Maybe she, maybe he, they did, you know. We don't dirty. know. We never will. So after further and additional testing, it did not confirm the presence of seminal material. He explained that the presumptive test does not test for seminal material, but tests for a component found in high concentrations in, is it seminal or seminal? Why do I feel like it's seminal and I've been saying but seminal? It's, it's semen. So I know, but I it's like. I feel like it's seminal. And we're I, about to look up the pronunciation. Real and quick. Um, going back to when you said vaginal swab. Um, oh my god, vaginal. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something. You said vaginal. I know. I always say that, and Austin's like, Logan says the same thing. He says vaginal. <laughs> Austin's like, it's vaginal, bro. Okay, hold on. We're about to look this word up, and we'll be right back. It's seminal, guys. So it's seminal material. Yeah, not seminal. Sorry. <laughs> Don't hate me. It's okay. We, we all make mistakes. It's true. True. He explained that the presumptive test does not test for seminal material, there but tests for a component found in high concentrations in seminal material, and that this component can also be found in other body fluids such as saliva. So. Basically saying that, like, they did the test. It doesn't test for necessarily seminal material, but tests for a, a component inside that material. Gotcha. So but, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, no. Basically saying that the test didn't show anything. Right. Gotcha. So there were three witnesses brought to the stand, two minors at the time, and one was 18, but her name wasn't given either, and I wouldn't say it anyways. Yeah. So two testified that Jesse had sold drugs to them. Minors. Selling drugs to minors. Yeah. If you are 20 years old, I'm sorry, but you have way like, more mental, like, you are obviously much older than them. Yeah, you know what's right and wrong. You don't yeah. need to be selling drugs. Selling drugs anyways is not a good thing, but if you're gonna do it, don't well, tell the minors. Well, that, and it's like, bro, you're 20. I'm, like, 22. I couldn't imagine hanging out with 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. Yeah. No, like, I'm okay. Yeah. Thank you. Some people are just gross. I guess. Weird. Mm-hmm. So, the other person that testified was the ex-girlfriend of Jesse, and she alleged that he had physically assaulted her, gave her prescription pills, and marijuana. So, he already has the history of being yeah. aggressive. Domestic violence, basically. Mm-hmm. She testified Jesse hit, slapped, pushed, and strangled her, and he had put a gun to her head because she dropped a glass. Oh, hell no. Hail? He's... <laughs> <laughs> hell no. He's already, um... He was already suspicious before. Literally. He's more more suspicious. Yeah. Um, She also testified that Jesse did not like her four-month-old niece, and when her niece died, Jesse laughed about it. Yikes. That's just disrespectful as fuck. Yeah. Do not do that. Who does that? That's a baby. Four-year-old. Four-month-old. Oh, four-month-old. Sorry. (laughs) And you're going to laugh about it? That makes me sick. Literally. Like... I want to punch this guy in the face. Yeah, I can't imagine. You don't laugh when anybody dies, let alone oh. a, a baby. A little sweet and little right. baby. So, lastly, she testified that Pitts drowned a dog in a bathtub and made her watch. Oh, that's traumatizing. Bro. 
I could not live after that. Listen, I'm traumatized after seeing my cat get hit by a car on accident. I can only imagine watching somebody else purposely drown a dog. Yeah, seriously. And um, we got her three years ago this week, so. I'm sorry. Don't cry. <laughs> I'm going through a traumatic time right now. You good? Yeah. Okay. So, it took the jury less than 30 minutes to find Jesse guilty as hell. Oh, yeah, for sure. Nothing. Like, he's so guilty. Yeah. I'm sorry, bro. Nothing you say or do will, like, There's not one that. thing that makes it seem like he's not guilty. Exactly. Um, so, Jesse was charged with a maximum sentence of 65 years due to his past and the severity of the murder. Good. Because, like, all of his past crimes and things like that obviously contributed to the trial. Mm-hmm. So, he continued to try and maintain his innocence, basically saying that he didn't do it. He literally did not admit to it. What a piece of shit. Yeah. And so, his statement to the family was, and I quote, The only thing I can say is to say to the family that I'm sorry for what happened there. I don't know. I do. Gosh, dang it. I don't know what all happened that day. I only know that I didn't kill Amanda. Bullshit. Bro, you did it. Your clothes were at your apartment covered in Amanda's blood. You're already getting put in jail, put in prison. Just admit it to her family. Yeah. That's the least you could do. For him to say that to the family is, like, so disrespectful. It's ridiculous. So So he's not even gonna... No, he's not even gonna admit to it. Obviously, because he's a piece of shit. Yeah. So. Okay. So, Amanda's stepfather gave the impact statement and said Jesse should receive the maximum penalty penalty for the future he stole from amanda agree one day you will stand before god and give an account of what you did to her in my mind this court can't show leniency toward him he has not fully admitted what he's done he hasn't shown any kind of what i would call remorse yeah so jesse also tried to file an appeal and it was denied obviously because he basically said like oh my past criminal record isn't anything of violence that don't matter because the ex-girlfriend of his didn't press any charges. But it, but it still happened. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. It still happened, so. Yeah. I mean, I believe her. Yeah. He's obviously a violent person. I mean, I'm sure if you were in a situation like that, and it doesn't always go reported. Exactly. Like, like, you're scared to report that stuff. Yeah, because some people like that, if they get too angry, if they find out you reported them try and kill you yeah literally so i don't blame her for not reporting it me either and so anyways he basically said that it was like his uh they based it off his past criminal record and it wasn't anything of violence blah 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 but you still murdered somebody exactly it doesn't matter if you admit it or not you did it right and then he basically was saying like um he couldn't provide his dna for that seminal material that they found on amanda so he couldn't provide his DNA, and his attorney was basically trying to make up this thing that said, oh, well, it could have been somebody else, and the crime scene wasn't preserved. So. But didn't they find his DNA and her DNA on the handle? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just everything in this case just points to him. Exactly. He's nuts if he thinks that they're going to think that it right. wasn't him. Right. So he's currently alive and serving his prison prison sentence in a maximum security indiana state prison in michigan city michigan city than indiana yep didn't know that yeah me either 
So I'm going to read a couple things, just other random info that I found about the case or like comments that I found on like a blog or whatever. Um, so basically, this is a friend of Amanda. She left a comment on Jesse's MySpace and neither of their MySpaces are up anymore. I tried to check. I forgot MySpace was a thing. I never had a MySpace in general. Me either. I didn't even know it was still like inactive. I thought it was Yeah, like, you can still have a trash. MySpace. But Interesting. Yeah. Um, so basically, Amanda's friend said, quote, how the fuck you going to kill my friend? You're fucked up in the head. I have known you for six years and you just did not seem like that. But I know now to watch myself and my kid around people for the rest of my life. You're a sick fucking bastard and you will go to hell for this, you dumb fuck. She has so much ahead of her. Why did you have to kill her? She was fucking 14 and wouldn't fuck you, so you killed her. You're sick, dude. They need to kill you the same way you did to her. Now your kid will know you as a killer and not his father. I wish you would die. You're sick. She deserved to live as much as you did. He has a kid? Evidently. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. So. That's going to be traumatizing for me. Excuse all the F words and that. Yeah. That's okay. So then um, Amanda's friend left a comment on her mom's blog. Her mom does have a blog. It's called Moonbeam Memories. The Diary of a Grief-Stricken Mother. Mm Mm-hmm. But this is a comment on the blog. Amanda Brinker, this is a person with a true character of herself. Thank you for showing me that I can't take life, nor my friendships for granted, and that some of us aren't always given a second chance to make things right. Now she'll... She... That doesn't make sense. I'll just try. She'll be missed. Yeah. She'll be missed by everyone that knew her. You were such an amazing person. Rest in peace, Amanda. We all love you. Mm-hmm. And then I have one more thing from her mother. The blog post is on the Moonbeam Memories blog, by the way, and it says three months and two days. A life is a beautiful thing to waste. My sweet Amanda, how lost I am without you here. How can it be true? How can any of it be true? Nothing I say, nothing I do. How do I go on? I have lost so much. I lost both of my sisters too. I can't stand this. I am reduced to a puddle of garbage on the floor. With one foot in heaven, I want to be there, but I can't. I can't leave your brother and sister like you left us. Amanda, 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 I love you so. I'll never let you go. Oh. Yeah. And that was from your mom. On her, on her blog. That's very sad. That was posted December 22nd, 2007. So, like I said, nothing's been posted on this blog for a long time, but it was a good source Mm -hmm. of just, like, information and things like that, so. From someone who's, like, going through it firsthand. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't imagine, like, I'm not a mother. I don't have any kids, but, like, I can't imagine, like, losing, like, my little brothers or something. Yeah. You know? like I can't imagine losing a child. No. So, anyways, that is the case of Amanda Brinker. That was interesting. I didn't know that happened in Indiana. Yeah. It's crazy. I never heard of it before. Me either. It's so close to home. For sure. And just didn't even know. It's weird. Like, messed up. It's honestly so sad. Like, she had so much life ahead of her. It's crazy how somebody can just turn so quickly like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, somebody that's supposed to be your friend. Yeah. And, like, snap their fingers and can Mm -hmm. take your life. Nuts. Well, it didn't sound like he was a very good person anyways, but... Mm, Yeah. But she wouldn't have known that. Yeah, exactly. She was only 14, like... She's very naive, probably. Yeah, for sure. As all, most 14-year-olds. I know, I was very naive yeah, as a 14-year-old. I was super naive as a 14-year-old, so 
the fact that she trusted this person and they did her wrong is super sad. Yep. So. Hopefully he rots in hell. Yeah. I hope he rots in that prison cell every day. Yep. I hope that the inmates do to him what he did her. Yeah. Fucking dig. Exactly. And he deserved every single word. Yep. So. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of the case and the end of today's podcast. Our hope. true crime story of the week. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. I think Michelle did a pretty good job. I tried my best. It's pretty interesting. It was. So. We will see you guys next time. True crimes and story times. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>